Thanks, guys. It's great. I appreciate y'all and the work that you do. Setting the tone. Uh, man, I'm excited to uh, have the opportunity to just share what God's laid on my heart for this morning. And, and you know, this is, a, this is a passage that I've preached from before. I don't, I don't necessarily think here, but I have. And there's so, so much truth. I'll go ahead and let you start turning to John chapter 13. Um, there is so much truth here in a short 17 verses that I really think that I could preach from the same passage probably for a month, six weeks, and, and, and just keep going. I, now, I'm not preaching a month or six weeks where the message is today, but there is a ton of truth here, but we're going to focus in on a couple, a couple key areas, or actually five key areas. So, John chapter 13 we're going to read together verses 1 through 17, and then we're going to kind of break it down just a little bit. So John chapter 13. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God, and he went to God, he riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but you will know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, then you have no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, then not my feet only but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needs not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, You are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than the Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Let's pray. Lord, I love you and I thank you. I thank you so much for just the ability, God, and the opportunity to come into your presence, to worship your name, to praise you, to honor you, Lord. I thank you for the gift of salvation. And I thank you, Lord, that when you saved me, you didn't leave me uh, to myself, but God, that you are continually 
working in my life to make me what you want me to be. Lord, I pray that you will be with us this morning. Help us to hear what you have for us to hear, Lord. But then help us to not be forgetful hearers, but doer, doers of the word. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. There's a lot of stuff to look at. And we could preach about humility and service. And we could even preach about questioning God's plan because Peter thought he knew what he needed more than Jesus did. Um, there are lots of angles we could go, but, but today I want to just keep it really, really simple. And we're going to talk about five things. Number one, if you aren't washed, then you're not saved. It's point blank. It's clear. We're going to break it down a little more. Number two, salvation is a continual process. And we sometimes need our feet washed, even when we're saved. Number three, you can't rededicate what's never been dedicated. I think there's a lot of truth there that we need to dig into. Number four, we're to wash each other's feet. And number five, the only way to be satisfied in Christ is to do what he's told us to do. There's a lot of Christians who are living an unsatisfied spiritual life because they come and learn, but they never do. So let's kind of break down each of those really quickly. Number one, if you aren't washed, you aren't saved. It's really simple. Verses 6 through 8, let's read them again. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said, Lord, do you wash my feet? Because Peter knew this wasn't Jesus' job to wash his feet. Peter should have been washing Jesus' feet. That was the job of the servant, not the master. And he said, Lord, what are you doing? You shouldn't be washing my feet. And Jesus said unto him, What I do you don't understand now, but you will know later. And Peter said, Well, Lord, you're never going to wash my feet. That's not happening. I'm, you're higher than me. There's, this should not be. And Jesus said, If I don't wash you, then you have no part with me. Now, Church, I think it's important that we understand that they're not talking about the washing of the feet. They're not talking about uh, uh, um, the physical act here. Jesus is telling Peter, unless you have surrendered to me, then you, there's no part. It didn't, it didn't matter that they were there. Okay? Um, he goes on later to say, you know, you have been washed, but not all of you. Because he knew that Judas was there and Judas had his feet washed that day but but he had never been washed he wasn't one of Jesus he had been in the circle he had been in in church in real good church now listen we've been having some real good church folks I don't know if y'all noticed that we've been having some good God's doing some things God's moving God's working man we're blessed some of you some of you it's gonna go from your brain to your face any moment how blessed we've been to see what God's doing man we've had an incredible amount of people getting saved and 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 listen I love to see people get saved that's exciting some of you love hopefully all of you love to see folks get saved uh, but I'll tell you there's something really cool that's happening when people who have been in church who know and who have been taught and have been right and they are getting saved because they're realizing that church and, and, and spiritual motions and, and good teaching and good parents and good families and good, that it's not enough. 
but that they have to be washed. Personally, they have to be cleansed. Personally, they have to make a decision. And so that's what Jesus tells Peter. He said, look, if I don't wash you, then you're not saved. Let's try that one more time. Jesus is telling Peter, if I don't wash you, then you're not saved. It doesn't matter how much money you gave to the church. It doesn't matter how many weeks in a row you have perfect attendance in Sunday school. Man, I love it when you're there. And I love to hear your input, but it doesn't matter how many times you've read the Bible. It doesn't matter how many mission trips you've gone on. If I haven't washed you, then you're doing physical acts to try to make you right with God, but that's not what it's about. If I don't wash you, then you're not saved. Right? Right? And that is not the bulk of the message this morning, but I think I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't touch on it. Man, there are folks who go through church and go through this life and they jump through hoops and they have never been saved. And I think that's why we read in Scripture that there will be people who are surprised on the day of judgment. Well, Lord, did I not do all these things? And he says, depart from me, because I never knew you. You might have came to my house, but you were a stranger. I don't want that to be any of you. I don't want that to be any of you. I want you to know that this morning you can be washed, not just your feet, but you can be washed from your sins, and you can be saved. Amen? Today is the day of salvation. So don't miss that. We're going to spend the bulk of our time really on this second point. Salvation is a continual process. Sometimes we need our feet washed. All right, church, let's get, let's get real and authentic and, and, and just pull down the walls, take off the mask, and let's just be real with each other for a second. Will you do that for me? I'm going to do it. And I hope you'll join me. But here's the deal. Salvation, I believe 100%, and I, doctrinally our church teaches and believes that when a person is saved, God saves us to the uttermost, and we can have security in Christ. Praise God, right? That's what we believe. And if that's not what you believe, I would love to talk to you more about it later because I believe that's what the totality of Scripture teaches us, that Jesus saves us and we are saved. Okay, And I believe that just as Jesus is the only one that can save me, Jesus is the only one who can keep me in his grace. Amen? All right. All right. Just making sure we're all on the same page because we're fixing to, to kind of expand out and branch out a little bit. I also believe that even though I am saved, that I am being saved daily. I am being saved hourly, minutely, secondly, that I am still a sinner in need of God's grace and His mercy and His life-changing who-I-am power every single moment. Because when I do things on my own, it never works. It doesn't. 
Spiritually, I need Jesus Christ just as much today as I did all those years ago at Ratcliffe Baptist Church where I got down on my knees and I said, I need to be saved. I need him just as much today as I did then. He didn't save me all those years ago and then pat me on the rear end and say, go get him, boy. He didn't do that. He's going with me, and he is renewing me day by day by day. And I fail, and I falter, and I mess it up, and he still loves me, and he still is renewing me day by day by day. And sometimes I get it right, and guess what? He's still renewing me day by day by day. It is a continual walk. Just like I didn't get married 20 years ago, and then just go on about my life, I'm, I'm married and I'm making a commitment to my wife day by day by day. And it is a continual relationship that needs worked on. And just like most of the time with my wife, when it gets crossed, when our relationship gets messed up, it's usually my fault. Right, Amanda? Amanda, no argument. But all the time when I mess up my spiritual relationship with the Lord, it's my fault. Every time, not just most of the time. Okay? So sometimes, just to be honest, sometimes I have to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need my feet washed. I know I'm saved, but I ain't been doing right. Listen, beyond that, it ain't always about sin. There are times that I have to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm striving. I'm trying. But this world is kicking my tail right now. I'm tired. I'm beat down. I don't understand what's going on around me. I, there are people making decisions that affect me that I disagree with. There, there, are, there are decisions I make that I disagree with. There are things that nobody has done that, that affects me that I don't know how to get. Lord, I'm tired and I'm just... And Jesus says, look, you don't need to be washed. Let me wash your feet a little bit. Let me clean you up. You know, this world gets on you. That's the picture here. That, that, that the disciples are saved. They've been washed, but as they walked where they're going, they got a little bit of this world on their feet. That's going to happen. If you ever walk around in, 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 in sandals very long, you know that the world just kind of sticks to you. I mean, we went to Stuart and Sarah's last night and, man, partook in their amazing new pool. And we didn't even get all the way there, and my wife stepped in mud and tracked it everywhere on the new concrete. Because when you walk in this world, your feet are going to get muddy sometimes. It's going to get nasty. And that don't mean you're not saved. Listen, there are some folks who are not fulfilling what God has called them to because they're saved, but they're not even comfortable in their own salvation because their feet have gotten so nasty and dirty, and they can't get past that. Well, how can the Lord use me when I'm like this? Listen, it's real simple. Even if everything was perfect in your life, you still need Jesus. So if things aren't perfect, you need Jesus. It's really... I don't want to say it's not a big deal. It is a big deal when it's things that you're doing to yourself. 
But when this world knocks you down, you're not alone. And it's okay to go to Jesus to say, Jesus, I, I know that I'm saved. Listen, that's the first thing. Jesus, I know that I'm saved, but I need a little extra cleaning right now. Let's look verse 8 through 9. Here's what it says. Peter said to him, Lord, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash you not, then you're not part with me. That's, that's, we read that part. And then Simon Peter said, well, then, Lord, if that's the case, then I want you to wash my hands and my head. I want you to wash me all over because if you washing me means that I am more like you, then wash me. Amen. How many of y'all have ever been there? Man, listen, I'll tell you, I've been there. Even as a Christian, there's been times like, Lord, I, I feel like I need more than a little brush up. I need, you need power wash me or something. I think that's what the song means when it says there's power in the blood. Man, it's a power washer. But Jesus doesn't say, okay, Peter, I like your attitude. He doesn't say that. He said, Peter, uh, you still don't get it. Verse 10, he says, he that is washed doesn't need to be rewashed over and over and over. You don't have to be saved over and over and over. You can take confidence. You can take heart in the fact that Jesus has saved you. You don't have to be completely washed again, but what you need, verse 10, if you get mad, get mad at Jesus. He said it. He said, he that is washed doesn't need to be washed completely again, but he needs his feet washed. But he himself is clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. So this morning, what I want you to think about, what I want you to, to, to just ponder over in your mind, Number one, are you clean? Are you saved? Have you been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ? Number one. Number two, if you have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, where are you with him this morning? Because if you're his, you're his. But... Are you at that place where you're feeling unproductive? And like I said, maybe it's your own fault. But maybe it's not. There have been times when I've needed to come back to Jesus because of my sin. Because of my mistakes. Because of my flaws and my flesh. And there are times I've needed to come back to Jesus because I was just wore down and beat down from actually being in the fight. Man, ministry is tough. Being a dad is tough. Being a husband, that's easy. But sometimes it's tough. Being a leader, whether it's in your home or at your job, man, there's times it's tough. And sometimes it's not a, it's not a personal... I think we... Again, I say we a lot because it makes me feel better if I'm not by myself. 
I think sometimes we are intimidated to, to, to publicly say, man, I need a fresh touch from Jesus because, well, people are going to think that means I'm living gross, immoral life. No, man, that means you're real <laughs> and you understand and we acknowledge that even as a Christian, I need Jesus and that I get tired sometimes. We're going to come back to it. But this morning, have you been saved? And where are you today? Now, listen, praise God. Some of you would say, man, I'm actually in a great spot. That's awesome. Praise God for that. I'm not, look, I'm not guilting you into feeling guilty. Okay, I'm not saying, hey, man, if you don't feel like this morning you need your feet washed, then you probably need to be saved. No, I'm not saying that. Man, praise God, there are times when it's good, and we're going to get to you in a minute, but when it's good, that's when it's time to do. That's when it's time to help others get where they need to be. And we're going to get there in point four, but let's go to point three first because it usually comes before point four. Number three, you can't rededicate what's never been dedicated. Listen, maybe some of you have never dealt with this, but in, in youth ministry especially, I had a lot of kids that would come to me, and they have no spiritual background. And they heard a preacher say one time to be rededicated, and they went to church when they were two once, and they say, man, I need to rededicate my life. And that's, that's awesome. That is a real thing. I think that there's a time for that, and I think that's part of what washing your feet is. Okay, and we've given it a nice church name called Rededicate. We don't preach that a whole lot because it gets confusing. But the problem is I've had a lot of people who have rededicated their life, who have came and wanted to rededicate their life because it was less uncomfortable than just admitting I've never been saved. But there's a problem with that. You can't rededicate what's not been dedicated. You can't say, well, Lord, help me to be a better Christian when you're not a Christian. You can't say, well, Lord, I want to be used by you when you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You can't rededicate something that's never been dedicated. It would be really weird to renew your vows to someone that you're not married to. Right? You just find a random stranger on the street. Hey, would you like to renew our vows? I don't look at you like you got two heads. Okay? That, that, that doesn't work. What well, doesn't work? Spiritually either. But it's more comfortable to say, well, I've been in church. I don't want people to think I've been living a lie and pretending and faking all this time, so I'm going to rededicate my life. That, that, that should put me right with God and not embarrass me in front of the rest of my folks. Listen, that's, that's, there's a word for that. It's called pride. It's called pride. Man, pride comes before a fall and a haughty heart before destruction condemnation man i think there's a lot of folks who are going to be surprised on judgment day because they went down and rededicated their life they had never been saved man i believe salvation is a one-time experience that continues to happen for the rest of your life i don't know if that makes sense but I think sometimes we want to be comfortable in our Christian walk, so we fluff it up. Well, I'm going to go down and pray at the altar. God's calling me to be saved, but I, I, just, I think if I just pray enough about it, I'll be okay. Or I'll just, you know, if I, if I just, I'll throw an extra, an extra, I started to say 20, but I'm, I'm a real tight wise. I'll throw an extra 10 in the offering plate when it goes by. Uh, and that should put me right with God. No. Don't 
take the easy way out. Verses 10 and 11, Jesus said to him, he that is washed only needs to wash his feet, but is clean every whip, but you are, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, you are not all clean. So here we go. Judas had his feet washed. Did you catch that? And that's a whole nother message, man. That's a whole nother message that's good, that Jesus washed Judas's feet. It says that he already knew that it had been put in Judas's heart to betray him. He already knew that, and yet he washed his feet. That's a message. I'm not preaching it this morning. But what I want you to catch here is that Judas had his feet washed, but he wasn't clean. He wasn't saved. It didn't do him any good. He literally just got some mud knocked off his feet. That was it. This, I would compare this to today's spirituality. I would compare that to this. Was told by a friend of mine one time. Man, now that I have kids, I want to start going to church because I want my kids to be raised to know right from wrong, good and evil. So I'm going to start taking my kids to church. Man, amen, that's good, right? We're glad when people bring their kids to church. But there was a problem. He was lost. He knew what was right, but he was lost. And he wanted to take his kids to church so they could be taught right from wrong. Listen, praise God, over the course of time, from him bringing his kids to church, he got saved too, amen? That's good, that's real good. But this is like, hey man, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna start being more like Jesus. I wanna get rid of some sin in my life. I wanna forsake, you know, this addiction that I've had, or I wanna, you know, stop doing this, or I want to start doing this because it's, it's good. Man, that's like washing your feet, but leaving the rest of you dirty and stinky. That's silly. It's silly. Nobody, listen, I mowed my yard yesterday. That's part of the reason I'm sniffling. I apologize for my allergies and sinuses, but I mowed my yard yesterday, and I was nasty when I came in. You know, my, I live on that hill, and it dust and dirt, I gross it had been real dumb i'm just gonna tell you it had been real dumb if i would have went in and i'd have washed my feet off and then went and sat on the couch my wife would not have been thrilled if i had just washed my feet off say, well that's good enough i'll just wash my feet off no i needed to be cleansed and then i slid my sandals back on to go get something i left outside and guess what my feet were nasty again. I didn't go take another shower. I wiped my feet off. Right? Man, I hate mowing. That'll preach. Okay? God was setting me up. All right. Number four. We got to move quickly. Y'all are listening way too slow this morning. Number four. We are called to wash each other's feet. Verses 14 and 15. I was going to start with Josh. He already had his shoes off this morning, but I, I decided not to, not to call him out for it. All right? So, so verses 14 and 15. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Wash each other's feet. Now, obviously, I'm not actually washing feet this morning. And my wife is smirking back there because I really am grossed out by feet. Like the whole idea of feet is it's just not one that I enjoy. 
So I'm definitely not washing your feet this morning, physically. And many of you would be uncomfortable if I tried to, right? So some of you are like, no, sign me. Okay, no, that's weird. Okay. So what does this look like? Washing each other's feet, what does it look like? I'm letting you think about it. It's not really rhetorical. I, I, sometimes we don't know. Listen, I'm the world's worst about preaching a message and being like, man, I'm fired up. This is good information, but what do you do with it? I don't know. That's up to you. No, that's not true. That's not a good attitude. But that's sometimes how I feel. This is real. This is practical. How do I wash each other's feet? And we check in on each other. We pray for each other. We do life together more than Sunday morning for an hour or an hour and 15, depending on who's preaching. Right? Man, we, we got to love each other. We got to care. We got to actually be there. We got to not just say, hey, I'm praying for you, but actually, I don't know, pray for them. It's weird. Right? Man, we got to notice somebody struggling, but you're not going to notice if you're so focused on your life that you don't notice your brother struggling because you're thinking about what's going on in your life. Man, this is, this is real. Jesus said, I am washing your feet. And he says, he doesn't say, hey, you can cleanse each other. You can wash each other completely because only Jesus can save us. But he says, this foot washing, this renewing, this regenerating, this encouraging, this, this fresh start, you can do that for each other. And you can help each other walk through this world without it getting on you and tracking everything up. Man, you can do that, man. What does it look like? It's just being active with each other. And it's just when you're together, not just talking sports or music or, or, or whatever your passion is, your kids, but it's actually talking about the things of God. And it's actually encouraging them, man, what have you been reading? What are you studying? What, what can I do to help you? And then doing it. Man, this is good. And a matter of fact, it's so good. It carries us right into verse 5. It says, happy, verse 17, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Why are so many Christians miserable? Listen, mm, it's not in my notes. Maybe I shouldn't say it. But why are so why is the, the, the prototype for an older Christian to be a cranky pot? Why is that? Man, I think because some of us, and look, I don't think that way. And I think we have some sweet, sweet, sweet veteran saints. Right? Experienced saints. We've got the, the best around. So I'm not saying that this is true of us, but I'm saying why does the world think that when you get older as a Christian, you get this grump, gruff, mean, nasty, cranky look, and, and the, the pew's not as cushioned as it used to be, and, and the, you know, why? Well, listen, because sometimes I think there are Christians who are unsatisfied in their walk with Christ. Why? Because it says here, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. But I think there's too many of us, it says, if you know them, it doesn't say if you know them, you're happy. Did you catch that? It says, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I think sometimes we know so much, 
and we do so little, it makes us crabby. That's the beauty of me. I know so little that it makes it easier to work up to what I know. Right? And I think that we can, we can there, there's some truth there. I'd say that jokingly, but there's some truth. I think that's sometimes why it's so easy when you're, when you're younger than me to be excited and passionate about God because it's all new and it's all challenging and it's all exciting. And then as we get older, we say, oh man, but the challenge and the excitement is just wearing me down. Then what do you need? You need your feet washed. The world's weighing you down. The only way to be satisfied in, in Christ is to work for Christ. That's it. It's the only way. There is no way to be satisfied in your Christian walk if all you do is learn, 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 and never do. There's also no way to be satisfied in Christ if you refuse to learn and refuse to learn because then you don't know what to do. And I think that's why the church work works better. The church works best when we're... I, I, this is a great word. Those on the, the search committee for our youth, you're going to love this. That's why multi-generational church service works best. Because we can mix some passion with some knowledge and we can all wash each other's feet. We can all help each other grow. Right? Let's face it. I don't have the same energy I once did, but I have a little more knowledge, a little more wisdom. When we all work together, things work better. So here's what we're doing. I'm going to do the invitation just a little bit different this morning, okay? You guys can come on if you, if you want. If you don't want, listen, I'm real big on this. I don't care if you're on the praise team. I don't care if you're a part-time preacher or whatever. Listen, God calls you to do something. You throw your microphone down and you get on your knees. I don't care. If you're up there running stuff, if you're in the, in the balcony, I'm not leaving you out. We'll give you time to get here. But here's what I want to do. We're going to give kind of an opportunity. Look, I'm not trying to coax people and manipulate and try to get you to come down here. I want you to do business with God wherever you're at this morning. So maybe this morning you're lost. You say, you know what, I've been going to church and I, I've, I, I know what it takes um, to be saved, but I've never been saved. Maybe you've rededicated what's not been dedicated. And this morning you say, I want to dedicate my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be saved. Amen? If that's you then, man, let's not wait. Just come on. Let's go. Let's take care of it. We'll send somebody back. That's not been the bulk of the message, but there may be somebody here who says, I need saved. Amen? Praise God. No judgment. Anybody? That's intimidating, right? It's intimidating. It's all right. All right, so here's what I want to spend most of our time with this morning. I want to bow your head and close your eyes. I've not done this here before, and that's okay. You guys can play softly. We'll song. Maybe this morning, you'd say, you know what, Dusty, I know that I know that I know that I'm saved. But if I were being honest this morning, my feet are dirty. Maybe it's my own doing. Maybe I've let sin creep in my life. Maybe it's not my own doing. Maybe it's the circumstances. Maybe it's something that someone else did, or maybe it's just something that happened that we had no control over. But this morning, I'm tired. And I feel like 
I just need a fresh touch from Jesus Christ. And I want to do some business with God. Man, if that's you, I don't really won't need anybody else looking around, but if that's you this morning, you say, you know what, that's me. I need a fresh touch from Jesus Christ. Just look up at me. Make eye contact. Let me know. Did you say that's you? There's a few people looking around. Some people. Did you say that's you? Anybody? Did you say that's you? Did you say that's you? You? A couple people? A few people? I don't want to cut you off. Anybody up there? I'll try to see you in the balcony if that's you. Listen, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. And it's up to you whether you do it or not. Whether you're, you know, I'm going to pray for you either way. But if that's you and you're able to, I know some of us may not be able to, but if, if you're, that's you and you're able to, I'd like you just to kind of slip out of your pew, come to the altar and just say, God, man, that's me. I need a fresh touch. I know I'm saved, but I need... I need my feet washed, Jesus. I need you to clean me up just a little bit. Anybody say that that's them enough to, to do that? If not, I'm not judging you. Uh, anybody feel like that's them? Nothing wrong with coming to the altar. There's a lot more wrong with trying to do it on our own. Now here's the beauty, man. I'm going to pray for these. I'm going to pray for these. And if there's any more while I'm praying, you want to come slip up here, let's do that. And then I'm going to talk to a few more of us for a second. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the vulnerability of folks who say, man, I know that I'm saved, but I just want to be right. And right now I'm not right. Whether it's my fault or someone else's or or no one's just the situation. I just want to be right. That's God, I thank you for their honesty, for their vulnerability, for their authenticity, Lord. And I pray you'll meet them right where they're at. God, do a work that only you can do, Lord. In Jesus' name. You guys go ahead and stay. Here's what I want next. Listen. This is a little uncomfortable. I don't mind making you uncomfortable. I think comfort is the enemy of greatness. Maybe there's a couple of you who'd say, you know what, I've been there. And I love these folks that are down here. And you want to come and just stand behind them, pray for them. Listen, don't come unless you're committing to pray for them, not for a day, but at least for a week. Maybe you want to put your arm around them and pray, that's fine. Maybe you want to just stand behind them and let them know they have support. But is there anybody who would say, you know what, I'm willing to wash my brother's feet, my sister's feet. Anybody be willing to do that for these that have come? If so, just come on. Come on. Show them a little love, a little support. Lord, I love you, and I thank you for those, God, who are loving and supporting. I know there's a lot more that didn't come forward, Lord, who love these guys and these gals, who support them, who are going to pray for them. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would just do a work that only you can do, and I pray that we'll do it together. You guys stay where you're at. Here, I'm going to do one more thing. Josh, Brett. Curveball. 
I need a couple of you, maybe who are on staff, maybe deacons, maybe leaders, Sunday school teachers, who say, you know what? I'm thankful, not just for the people who are praying here, but for the people who are praying with the people that are praying here. So can I get y'all, you can, hold your, you can hold your guitar, if you can unplug or whatever. Can you come and just kind of stand behind them and pray? Because I think that ministry is hard and ministry is lonely. And sometimes as ministers, as deacons, as Sunday school teachers, as leaders, we need to be reminded that we're not in the battle alone. So just kind of come stand behind them and say, man, you know what? I appreciate your work and your love and your support and what you're doing for those who maybe are in a spot right now where they need a little extra touch. Lord, I love you and I thank you, God, for the leadership in our church, Lord, not just our pastors who I think are awesome, uh, Lord, but for, our, for just all the leaders. And God, leaders don't have to have a title. God, leaders are just people who lead, who serve, who do. And Lord, I thank you for ours, for the people you've put in place. And Lord, I pray that you will encourage them, God, through the work of those that they are trying to lead by seeing them be in the battle, seeing them be in the fight. Lord, encourage them. Lord, encourage Daniel and press. God, whether they're here with us this morning or not, Lord, I thank you for their leadership and I pray you'll bless them. And Lord, do a work through our entire church and not just through our staff. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to do one last thing and then I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to let you do what God wants you to do. But here's what I want you to do. I want, I want all of you at the altar to kind of just turn it around. And so I would, I would ask that those who are kneeling with, with those who are having their feet washed, I want you to turn and face the leaders who are praying over you and those who are, who are having their feet washed. I want you to, to look at the people who are praying with you and I want you to now turn around and pray for them. Because that's what working together is. It's not that we pour in to one or two people, but it's that we pour in this direction and then they turn around and pour back into us because that's the only way, because we're all going to be there at some time. We're all going to be there. Does that make sense? Do you understand kind of what, I, what, I, what the vision here, what the idea is that, that now we all have our chance? So I'm just asking you to kind of do that in your groups. And Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll pray one more time. Jesus, I thank you that it works both ways. I thank you, God, that there have been times that I've been on my knees before you saying, God, I just need a fresh touch. I just need to hear your voice, God. I'm tired of being tired. And I thank you for the people who surrounded me and who loved me in spite of my faults and my flaws. And Lord, who invested in me to help me be more like you. And Lord, I also thank you for the times that I've been able to do that for other people. And I thank you for the leaders who have poured into me, God. And I thank you for the leaders that I've been able to pour into because, God, that is what you gave us in, in John chapter 13. What you have done, we are called to do for each other. It's not our leaders' jobs to pour into us one directionally. God, it's our job to pour into each other. And God, I pray that it won't be something we do on a random Sunday, but God, it'll be something we do throughout the week, throughout the year, throughout the course of our lives. 
that we will receive the help that we need and that we will give the help that is needed because that's what the church is supposed to be. God, just have your will in this invitation. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen.